You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. For Panther fans who want to keep pounding. For the war, 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 and we let him off the hook. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. The Views from Mint Street Podcast is in your ear holes. My name is Rob Brown. I am the host of the Rob Brown Show in Greenville, South Carolina, heart of Carolina Panthers country. Weekdays, 9 to noon. And joining me, as always, my co-host, my partner in crime, the great one, Lonzo Reitzel. The Falcons knock off the Cats 37-34 in overtime. And let me just issue you all a warning. Uh, You know, ordinarily, I am the realist slash maybe even pessimist from time to time. Ordinarily, I am the one that decides to rain on everyone's parade. Today, Lonzo is not feeling it. He is not thrilled. He is not happy with one Panther in particular And we're going to get into that in just a moment from now as we break down a 3.0 OTL on the road at the ATL in a loss that cost us the ability to call us the leaders of the NFC South. Big day for Dante Foreman. Big day for DJ Moore, except for that one very costly oopsie at the end of a 62-yard field goal. Uh, touchdown, pardon me, where he takes off his helmet, leaving the field of play. It cost us the personal foul. It turns the game-winning PAT into a 48-yarder, sent us into OT, where we would get the L. Uh, and, and, and we got a lot to say about this game. But uh, to get the frustration out and on the air, I'm just going to turn it over to Lonzo because he's got words, ladies and gentlemen. You know, I, uh, I I don't know where to start here except for the fact that the trade deadline, we're recording this on Halloween, the trade deadline is tomorrow. And uh, I think uh, a player needs to be shipped out because yesterday was the most important game of the season, pretty much the halfway mark of the NFL season. A chance to take first place, a chance to turn things around, a chance to tell the fans, hey, we're not tanking. We're trying our best. And nothing says we're trying our best like a Hail Mary pass for 70-some yards and a touchdown. And then what do you do? What do you do, Moore? What do you do? You go, look at me, which is fine. You made a catch. You want to dance? Dance. You want you want to bring everybody in for, for something that's choreographed? Awesome. I love that stuff. Uh, I, I am not someone who believes the no fun league should be the thing. But know the rules. Don't hurt your team. 
It needs to be about team first. Don't take your helmet off. And what did you do? You took your helmet off. You took your helmet off and said, hey, world, look at me. Look at the stupid thing I'm about to do. I'm going to cost my team the game. I'm going to cost my team the season. I may cost some people their jobs, including the kicker. But look at me. And then when you're done, what do you do? You go sit on the bench and you're laughing. And then five minutes later, they're showing you and you're laughing. And they're showing you again, and you're laughing. And then it looks like you're going to lose the game, and you're not laughing anymore. Maybe then you you didn't realize till till the the game winning field goal went through the uprights from the wrong team that this was your fault because it is. And there's a solution to this problem. Uh, Rob Brown is for tanking. I am not until today. I, today I am for tanking. Let us tank. Let us tank. And let us start by shipping out DJ Moore. Goodbye, DJ Moore. Goodbye. You made a costly mistake. You cost us the season. Any chance we had of making a playoff, any chance we had of, of salvaging what we have, you cost us that when you decide to be selfish and take your helmet off. So, you know what? Time to go. Time to, there's somebody out there who doesn't have a problem with you doing this. I do. And I'm sure the fans, the other fans out there do too. So, you know what? Let's get a first-round pick. Should be able to get a first-round pick out of him. Or, you know, in this case, with as angry as I am, let's get a fifth-round pick. I'm okay with a fifth-round pick. Let's ship him out, and let's start all over again. Because he puts himself above the team. You don't need, you don't need to build your team that way. Why not uh, take advantage of the situation Get rid of this. Get rid of this guy, and and get some picks out of it. I mean, you know, maybe you send him to a, a, a team like San Francisco. Maybe he can like score three touchdowns and throw one, like like McCaffrey did. Why not? That's what he did yesterday. So ship him out, fire the kicker, ship him out, and let's just tank the rest of the season. Look around. Maybe there's some other people. We got time. We got time. Let's have 25 draft picks. By four o'clock tomorrow, twenty-five. We start all, almost all over completely. Well, actually, we could twenty-five. You start all over completely. Ship them out. Okay. All right. Goodbye. All right. He's, me... he's using a rational tone. There's no rational tone here. Keep your stinking helmet on. That's rational. Let me take a very deep breath here. And let's break this thing down. I'm going to start with this. DJ Moore had just caught one of the most incredible NFL touchdowns we have seen in a very long time. Underthrown ball. I, I, I disagree. I think that was the best throw and one of the best catches that we have seen in a very, 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 very long time. PJ Walker was running to his left, reversed field, threw it back across field. He hit DJ Moore, who had not one but two Falcons defenders jumping onto his back. DJ was able to catch the ball, falling forward with defenders knocking him in the legs and and come down with the ball. This team, let's start with the team aspect. This team showed some dog. This team showed some heart. This team showed some fight. This team could have, after Atlanta ended up going up 34-28. This team could have packed it up and been done. They were not. 
They went out there. They dogged it to the end. They came up with a redonk touchdown. I don't care if that's the first, last, or exact middle play of the game. That was a ridiculous throw, a ridiculous catch, ridiculous play. Uh, I went back over because I was very curious about the number of Panthers fans who were saying there should not have been a flag on DJ Moore because when he was taking his helmet off, he was off the field of play. When DJ Moore took his helmet off, he had both feet still standing in the chalk that marked the back boundary line of the end zone. You know how at the behind of the end zone, they got the, the big, probably two yards long chalk that most teams use to put little words or messages back there. He had both feet still on that. While that is not the field of play, the referees are going to consider it field of play. They're going to flag that 90% of the time, uh, especially late in games when there's some drama added to it. DJ Moore, in my opinion, in that spot, got lost in the moment, right? As he, he did, as I think we all did, believe that they had just won the football game. There were 17 seconds. Actually, scratch that. There were, uh, let's see, what are there, 14 seconds left? I'm actually watching this video over and over. When that play was ruled a touchdown, there were, and that play ended, 12 seconds remaining on the clock. DJ Moore, as I did, and as I'm sure the majority of y'all did, believed that he had just won that football game and had just claimed first place in the NFC South with the win. I was up in the air off my couch. The folks I was watching with, Panthers fans, were up off of their couch. The two Falcons fans we were watching with sank back down into the couch. We all thought that Carolina had just won the game and put themselves first in the division with that catch. And as happens in a football game, where is this? where there's this much competition, where there's this much emotion, DJ Moore got caught up in the moment. It was boneheaded. I'm not trying to say it wasn't dumb. It was a dumb decision. It was an irrational decision, but it was a decision made triggered by emotion, excitement, energy, because this team had emotion, excitement, and energy, which I think three or four weeks ago, we all would have said, scratch that, I did say That's what I'm looking for. I want to know who on this team does this matter to? Who on this team cares? Who on this team is going to go out there, put it all on the line, and fight their tails off to show that we care, we want to win, I want to be part of whatever the next generation of Panther football is. And that's what I saw out of DJ Moore. Stupid? Yes. Dumb? Yes. Illogical? Yes. But it was out of that dog. It was out of that fight. It was out of that energy. And that's what I'm looking for. As far as I am concerned, I could not take a more opposite stance from Lonzo on this. DJ Moore earned his position, not just on, but as a leader of the next generation of Carolina Panther football, whatever it's going to be. And here's why. You called it on our show today, Lonzo. A teachable moment. Yeah, me to the leader part. Dude, this is the type of dog I want on this team. Or or pardon me, the type of cat I want on this team, right? 
I want that guy who is so energized about winning that game that he goes off like that. Yeah. Could you have, would you have won if you had a dude who walked the ball back over to the ref and no, you know, no high fives, no helmet slaps, no butt slaps, and they just went to the sideline? See, see sure. You're trying to go to the extreme the other way. Never said that. Keep your helmet on. Do your dance. Do your thing. Do your choreographed uh, handshakes and butt slaps if that's okay with the other guy. I, I just, no, no, this is not. It is a teachable moment, a teachable moment of not what to do. That is not what a leader does. A leader, so this is who you're supposed to emulate. You're supposed to, this is who you're supposed to want to be. Did he make an amazing catch? Absolutely. That was a great catch. Then he did something stupid that cost you pretty much your season. That's not a leader. That's not what a leader does. And I haven't seen it yet. Maybe there's an apology out there somewhere from him. There needs to be because he let everybody down. And you can blame the kicker. That's an easy scapegoat. Should the kicker have made a kick? Yeah, he should have, but he shouldn't have been in that position. Absolutely would not have been in that position. And and even Rob Brown, you sent me a premature text sure did. right after that. Sure and, did. And, and I texted you back. I forget what I said. Lonzo also demanded that I be traded off the show today because of that, by yeah, the way. Yeah, well... Um, <laughs> I, I, our trade de- deadline's a little more extended than than uh, the NFL. So, um, look, DJ. As far as I am concerned, I don't, I don't know how much of 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 the game going off the air you watched. If you did not rage quit it, like I know a number of Panthers did, they showed DJ about 30, 35 seconds after that game went final. Sitting by himself on the bench, the dude looked devastated. Good, right. good. As much maybe as, you're, maybe he's pondering where he's going next when he gets traded tomorrow. Well, I'm going to go ahead and 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 settle you down now. DJ Moore ain't going nowhere, and not only is he not going nowhere, DJ Moore is going to remain as arguably the most important offensive player on this football team moving forward, with maybe the exception of whoever we draft at quarterback next year. Okay. Uh, DJ Moore showed dog, showed energy, showed electricity, showed fight. It's exactly what I'm looking for. He made a dumb mistake. It was a terribly dumb mistake. And yes, it cost us the game in the NFC South. That being said, as I've mentioned. When Eddie Pinero is working at Pinero Bread tomorrow, (laughs) DJ Moore needs to come down and give him some money or at least buy some soup. I will agree that DJ Moore owes Eddie Pinero a, a steak dinner. All right. I agree with that. He owes him a steak dinner. He might I owe him a that. salary. Uh, that being said, I don't think Eddie Pinero is getting fired primarily because who the hell else are you going to bring to be the kicker? Right. There's nobody else. The only reason why Pinero doesn't get fired is because everyone knows exactly what I just said. This is all DJ Moore's fault. So DJ's going nowhere. He is going to remain on this team. And as the arguably, I don't think arguably, I mean, maybe Dante Foreman has taken that role from him. But once we get a quarterback and we can go aerial assault again, the most important player on this offense, I think he made a dumb mistake. He, I promise you, he's never going to make that mistake again in his life. Right. I'm not so sure. We'll see. I, I hope you're right. Uh, I'll put it this way. I've never been arrested in my life. I got a pretty good streak going on. I have been in the back of a squad car before. All right. Now, I didn't create the issue that resulted in that. I was there. I was around it. I was involved, but I did not start the issue. This wasn't recent, by the way. No, this was years ago. Uh, there was no arrest. In fact, as I was putting, putting, being put in the in the cop car, the cop was like, dude, you're not an arrest. You're not going to be arrested. We just have to go through this protocol 
uh, we got to ask you questions. It was a bar fight. There was a bar fight that I was around, and I pulled one guy, pulled a buddy of mine out of the bar fight, and I was pulling him out of the bar, bar fight as the cops showed up. The cops thought I might be involved. They basically held on to everybody, uh, everybody there. Even the dudes that were fighting were like, that guy wasn't involved. He was trying to break it up. They let me go. Blah, blah, blah. I was in the back of a cop car for this altercation. Uh, because they wanted to question me and basically they wanted to question the guys in the fight first and they couldn't like let me be right. So no handcuffs that I'm sitting in the back of the cop car. I'm telling you all of this for two reasons. Number one, so that my mother, when she listens to this podcast and doesn't know this story, she doesn't freak the hell out. And number two, to tell you that that was a teachable moment for one Rob Brown and the teachable moment for Rob Brown was the more you get involved, the more opportunity there is that you are going to have some role, some consequences for being involved. Uh, DJ Moore had a teachable moment. That guy is never going to make that mistake or another one like it for the rest of his career. I'd be willing to bet a paycheck on that. All right. Uh, here's the other part of it. When we were talking last week about winning this game and putting ourselves in lead in the division, I also made sure to be the realist, the pessimist, whatever you want to call me in this discussion to point out that Las Vegas had us as a 15 to one underdog to win the division even if we won the game on Sunday against Atlanta. It's still a very long road to the end of this division, and the Saints won 24-0 yesterday. Uh, Brady's divorce is finalized. At some point, he'll be able to turn his attention back to football. The Bucs will be good. We still had a heck of a road to March if we had any crack at winning this division, and the playoffs way, are only way, happening so, for the so NFC South as a divisional if winner. If you lost Giselle, you'd be okay within a couple of days. No, I'm saying if you can put no, no, no. I no, I would be devastated, obviously, but I'm not also a multi-millionaire, multi-Super Bowl winning quarterback, right? Um, at some point, those teams are going to bounce back. I told you that last week. I think we started to see that a little bit this weekend. Yeah, we were still a very long shot to the win the division, even if we had the lead. We don't now. We're now two games back with uh, the tiebreaker between us and Atlanta as of today going to the Dirty Birds and one left to play against them. Uh, it's a very, very, very long shot now. Uh, ESPN says we have a 2% shot of winning the division. Frankly, I think we got a 0.2% shot of winning the division. Now you focus on the future. And DJ Moore is a big part of that future provided that he's learned his lesson, and I don't think there's any way he did not. All right, I agree. He's part of that future because he's going to bring picks when he's shipped off tomorrow. See ya. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the game itself. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Views from Mint Street podcast, available where major podcasts are found on Spotify, on Stitcher, on Google Play, on Apple iTunes, or 
for free on the Odyssey app. If you have not done so, if this is your first episode, do us a favor. Find Views from Mint Street on your podcast provider. Click that little heart icon, subscribe and download every episode, and don't miss a second of the Views from Mint Street podcast. Carolina Falls 37-34 to Atlanta in overtime, and let's start with the position that we were talking about moments ago, and that is the quarterback, P.J. Walker, 19-36, 3-17 through the air, one touchdown, one interception on the day. Lonzo, did P.J. Walker do anything that was A, unexpected, B, anything that tells you that he is a long-term viability at this quarterback? All right, first of all, he did exactly what was expected uh, he threw an interception, and he didn't have a whole lot of yards till the end of the game. He he got his touchdown on a hail mary. He was basically ineffective uh, for a good portion of that game. Uh, someone that that works here at the station tweeted out: uh, Baker and Sam couldn't do what PJ did. Yeah, they could, and they did. You know what they did? They lost too. So they absolutely could do what PJ did. Uh, I wasn't very impressed yesterday. He was shorthanded. They couldn't do what they did the week before because Chuba Hubbard was out. Foreman had an excellent game. He really did. Um, but if Chuba Hubbard was in, you get it would have helped PJ a lot. Would have given him a, a, a little more of an outlet, someone to throw the ball to because Chuba can catch the ball a little more like that. I I was not impressed by PJ Walker. He hung in there. He did. He hung in there, but uh, he missed a lot of passes. And he was basically ineffective as far as throwing touchdowns till the very end of the game. P.J. Walker, and I'm going to go back to the same thing I said about D.J. Yes, yeah, so I'm going to be negative the entire you really podcast. Are. You I really am. are. I'm just going to, I, I'm, I this am. This is so weird. This is where it's supposed to I be the other way around. I am embracing the Rob today. Embrace your inner Rob. Uh, P.J. Walker showed exactly what D.J. showed. That fight, that aggression, that that desire to win. And that's great, man. I'm, I'm glad to see it. That's that's the team, tank or no tank. That's what I'm looking to see. However, P.J. Walker also showed in some big spots that P.J. Walker is who he thought he is. He's a very, very good backup quarterback in the National Football League, right? He's a guy that I feel comfortable carrying as a number two quarterback, a guy that I know if something goes wrong with my number one, I can plug him in. You're going to get some fight. You're going to get a guy who's going to go out there and bust hump to try to get it done. But at the end of the day, PJ Walker is not a starting caliber NFL quarterback, right? You know, I'm going to, I like to talk about myself a lot. I've been told Um, when Rob Brown was in high school, Alonzo, Uh, And it was basketball season. I was a basketball player. When Rob Brown was in high school in basketball season, Rob Brown was every single day and took great pride in being the first guy dressed in on the court for practice. The last guy off the court and undressed after practice. He was a dude that was early to every game. He was the first dude into the locker room for film study. He was the first guy into the weight room on workout day. I was always that guy. I had and maintained at the time the best work work ethic on the team. There was not a dude on our basketball team who put in more work than I did. You know what I didn't have? Talent. Ability. 
right? There was also a reason that the dude who showed up every single week late to practice, who was the last one in the weight room and the first one out of it, who was the first guy to leave the court and the last guy to get on it at practice, you know what else he was? Mr. Basketball in the state of Florida. Because he was just really, really good, man. Really good. Sometimes, fight and ethic and dog and all that stuff that we talk about, all those intangibles that are all good things, sometimes it doesn't matter because you're just not that good, right? My college basketball career went nowhere because I was bad at basketball. Really hard worker. Just bad at basketball. My coach, Mark Tiza, defined me in my senior year as the glue that held the team together. You know what that stands for in coach speak? This dude ain't that good, but I got to say something nice about him, right? P.J. Walker has all the heart, all the intensity. If you could take P.J. Walker's heart and intensity and stuff it into Jamarcus Russell, Jamarcus would still be winning Super Bowls today, right? But he's just not. He's just not that dude. He just doesn't have the, 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 the ability. He's a good quarterback. He ain't a great quarterback. He's exactly the... I would be happy to have P.J. stick around in a backup role if that's what he wants to do. But the answer is, was, and remains now, we got to go draft a quarterback next year, and we better pick the right one. Right? We still got to find a head coach. I don't know if it's Wilkes or anybody else. I'll tell you what. This team's showing fight under Wilkes, right? They're showing resolve under Wilkes. But it's the exact same thing, Lonzo. Them fighting for Steve Wilkes is not the same as Steve Wilkes coaching them to a win. Yeah, you know, I, I again, online, I, I saw a lot of people, you know, well, this is a totally different team than it, than it was under Matt Rule. Really? Is it? How many more games have they won since Steve Wilkes has been the coach? Does it look like a different team? It looks like a different team, but you're getting the same result. They still have only won two games. And I think the only way that he can keep this job is for them to win some games. And they're not going to, it would appear that they're not going to do that. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. I'd love to see them win the rest of their games the rest of the season. Not going to happen. Could it happen? It's always a possibility as long as you keep your helmet on. Um, I just can't, man. Keep your helmet on. I, you, you see a different level in intensity. You see a different level in in drive, possibly, since Matt Rule's been gone. But you get the same results. It's uh, I, I'm going to disagree to some degree. I think we see. I mean, how many, how many more wins have they had since Wilkes has been at the at the helm than they did when Matt Rule? I get there? it. I get it. But it's it's one of those things. And like I said, we've, it's we've a had process. This. It takes a while. He doesn't have time for the process. He doesn't have time for the process in trying to prove that he's the right man for the job. Right. Right. Here's the thing. There's no obligation to make him the head coach, right? It's an audition for him. I do think there is some element of, can Steve Wilkes show with a depleted roster, with a roster that is, as of today, in my opinion, officially out of the divisional race, right? There's no incentive to win other than Steve Wilkes gets the job. Can Steve Wilkes show me that he knows how to run a scheme, he knows how to run a team, he knows how to run practices, he knows how to run a conditioning program, and he knows how to 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 gel the roster together. If the answer is yes, he's in consideration, right? The only way Steve Wilkes was definitely earning this job is if we get to week 13, 14, and we're still in the divisional hunt, right? Then, then Steve Wilkes maybe has earned the job. 
Steve Wilkes, I do not think Lonzo can definitely earn the job the rest of the season. He can only lose it, right? If this team becomes disjointed, if there's if there's a lot of confusion, if things aren't getting done, then Steve Wilkes can lose the job. The only thing I think he can earn is consideration and an interview at the end of the year and a little bit more familiarity with Tepper, with Fitterer, and with the guys who are going to make this decision on behalf of the Panthers when the year is over. Uh, I am proud of the energy that team put on the field yesterday, of the explosiveness that team put on the field yesterday, of the execution that team put on the field yesterday. I'm proud of all of that. I'm not thrilled about their loss, the result, but I'm happy with what the team brought to the field. And as of right now, that's what Steve Wilkes is trying to show he can do. I'm going to build you a unified, together football team that's got fight in it. And I thought we saw that yesterday, even with an L. All right. So so the question is, if you have a dysfunctional team, people don't get along, and you know that that, that guy hates that guy, and they, they don't have a good rapport with anyone, but they're winning, that's more important to the fans. It's more important to the team itself. The wins are what matters most. I do like how they've played. I do like the difference that it seems has been made since Matt Rule's been gone. But if the end results are boneheaded things that cost you a game, you still looked at it as inept as you did before. And should they should they have been competitive with, with the guys that they got rid of? Maybe not. And maybe that is Steve Wilkes showing what he can do with less. But I, I think more than anything, as a fan, you know, you had me up there. You had me believing. I thought for sure, even at the end, when they thought the game was over, you catch that pass, and, and it's like, okay, we're going to do this. Everything falls into place. Tom Brady lost Thursday night. We're going to take first place. And then someone removes their helmet and brings me back to reality. Not just me, but most Panther fans. Back to life? Back to reality? I... uh don't like put said, don't don't put any bad things on that song. Okay, I that s- thing still rocks. I sent Lonzo a text that was like, "Ooh, tomorrow's pod's gonna be fun." Lonzo texted back, "It ain't over yet." Right after that, the flag. I mean, right when I got that text, the flag came out. I was like, "Ah, tomorrow's podcast not gonna be as fun." Yeah, but when I seen the text, when I sent the text, I saw the flag. Oh, you'd already seen it. That's okay. why I said that. Yeah. So you know, listen, I um. I think two weeks ago, we were like, all right, playing for the tank. What are we looking for the rest of the season? And my answer was, I'm looking to see who wants to be on the foundation that moves forward. Who's got the fight? Who's got that dog in him? Who wants to Who wants to be here? Who wants to win football games? Then we beat Tampa. We're game out of the division. A win Sunday. We win the division. Now I'm like, all right, now I want to win. Now I want to go win the division. Now, I mean, we, fortunately, it's a crap division, but a crap division champion is still a division champion and in the playoffs. So let's go see what we can do, right? Let's see how much fight this team's got in it. We dropped the game on the road in Atlanta. We're now two games back with the tiebreaker going Atlanta's direction. Fortunately, we got another crack at Atlanta and it's in our house in just a couple of weeks. We can avenge uh, that loss, right? Like there is, there is still that chance. Like I said, I'm concerned that the Saints have turned a corner. I am waiting on the Bucks to turn the corner. I'm hoping that they're about nine games out of the division lead at that point. But look, 
We got the Bengals coming up on the 6th. Then, that Thursday, the 10th, four days later, we got the Falcons coming to our house. It's a short week, but they're coming to our house on a Thursday night. We got the black helmets coming out with the black, black on black on black, right? That game, we beat, uh, you know, you find a way past Cincinnati. We won't, but you find a way past Cincinnati. Now, all of a sudden, it is interesting. But right? here's the sad part. It's the sad, the sad part. I hadn't watched Atlanta play until this point. They're not any good. No, they're not good. The whole division's bad. They tried to give that game away, and the Panthers should have won the game. Twice they did. Yeah, the Panthers just tried to give it away more times than the Falcons did. But like, and I guess Mariota kept saying, "Here, win this game." I guess the thing for me that I I kind of want to take into consideration about this, Lonzo, is when we're talking about goofing it up and trying to hand the game away, we're talking about. Four minutes, right? We're talking about a penalty on what should have been the last play of the game or the last meaningful play of the game. And then we're talking about a missed field goal in overtime, right? If that, I mean, listen, the defense came out, played well to start off the overtime, got the interception, brought it all the way back. A missed field goal in overtime. The overtime period, the Panthers played excellent football in the overtime period, right? By the way, no. Excellent football. No, no, no. no. You play excellent football, you know what you do? Well, the defense played excellent. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. We you played excellent football. You score, field goal. you score a touchdown right there because of where you were in the field you don't, after you the don't, interception. You don't, but you, it's the thing when you attack that with that ball. You don't. You know. You don't. A field goal wins the game. I want to do enough to win. I don't need style points. It's the NFL. It's not a poll. Here's here's the thing though. You score a touchdown. You don't have to worry about a kicker missing. You make sure you knock down a field goal. You don't have to worry about scoring a touchdown. That could be well, played if both you, ways. If you hit an extra point. But what I what I what I, what I don't want to do is create a situation where we've got the ball, we're down inside the twenty five, and I got PJ Walker flinging it around the field and potentially turning it back over to Atlanta. Hand it to Dante Foreman, let him pick up as many as he can pick up, set the ball exactly on the field where the kicker said he's got the best chance to win it. You control everything to give you the best chance at a high percentage field goal, and we just pull it. Outside of that. And outside of the penalty, and the the Panthers played a pretty damn good football game, top to bottom. It was just two dumb things that happened: the penalty and a blown field goal. Otherwise, we're we're having a very different podcast today, right? And that, to me, and I think this is our our, our spark of disagreement on the pod today. That to me is a cause for optimism. Not pessimism. Atlanta's bad, too. We're bad. Atlanta's bad. New Orleans is bad. I'm interested to see what they are next week after a big win. Tampa Bay's bad. We're all bad. Everybody in the division's bad. Yeah, but... But show me you're the bad that friggin' wants it. All right, so one misplaced helmet took you from first to last. Yes. Yes. That's literally it. That's the whole pod. One misplaced helmet took us first to last and changed the atmosphere of the division. But you know what everything outside of that mis- that misplaced helmet showed me? This team's got some want in it. It's got some fight in it. That's all I'm looking for. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Views for Mint Street podcast is in your ear holes, ladies and gentlemen. I am Rob Brown. He is the great one, Lonzo Wright. So we are happy to have you guys along at three times a week, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. We bring you this bad boy. And if you have not done so yet, please subscribe to and download the Views for Mint Street podcast wherever major podcasts are found. And if you've got some Carolina Panther fans in your life who are just looking for something, for anything, for some energy about this team, Send them our way because despite Lonzo, the pessimist, ladies and gentlemen, Rob Brown is here with a little uh, optimism for you, a little happiness. I got, oh. I'm, t- I'm not going to add. Okay, you're right. Okay. You know, no, just... you're, you're being accurate. I did, <laughs> today, I am a pessimist. All right, let's talk about two other cats we did not actually talk about three of the cats we did not get a chance to get into. And we will start with that run game 26 carries, 118 yards, and three touchdowns for Deontay Foreman. Chuba Hubbard unavailable with that ankle injury. And I will say, though, what is interesting, despite a buck 18 on the ground, uh, I think Deontay Foreman can be better when Chuba Hubbard comes back, right? I think he can be better. When you add that lightning element to the thunder, when you when you change up the rotation a little bit by adding the second back, I think Dante Foreman can be even better. But uh, I I am I am I would just like to point out that you go back to this pod four five six weeks ago, we were both saying Dante Foreman was brought in for a reason. Give him the ball, let him carry some of the load. And ever since McCaffrey got shipped to the Niners, Dante Foreman has been doing exactly that what a game for that young man and as we said a couple of weeks ago Zoe, we are a run team now that's what we are that's our identity we got to lean into that 36 combined carries for this team yesterday a buck 69 on the ground in fact the only thing that I would say that I would have liked to have seen more out of yesterday, though, was our run defense surrendering 167 yards on the ground. Uh, Deontay Foreman is that dude, right? If you got that 22 jersey with the fan insurance and you want to change it up and figure out whose jersey you want to replace 22 with, might I suggest that Deontay Foreman's name should be on back of the next one? You know who uh, who should be disappointed? Chuba Hubbard. Yeah. Because he got hurt. He, he looked really good last week. He gets hurt and then Foreman shows out in this game. And now Chuba's like, man, again. Although I still think they're both going to get the ball, but now I think Foreman steps into uh, oh he's steps a into now. the starter role. Yeah, I think he I think he was able to do that last uh, yesterday. And uh, again, he looked really good. He really did. He was tired near the end of the game, and he should be for as many carries as he got. And but the other thing you found out with the Panthers is other than Chuba and Foreman, other guys, uh, not very good. Not at all. Not at all. 
Uh, P.J. Walker, one carry for 20 yards out of the backfield. D.J. had one for three. Raheem Blackshear, who I was kind of excited about, two carries, one yard on the day for him. Um, but Foreman's that dude, right? Like, I just, dude, you could take the 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 Walker carry, the Moore carry, uh, and the Blackshear carries. Give them Deontay Foreman, and he would have crossed over the 130 mark based on the average. I mean, that's it's it's exactly what I'm looking for. Uh, and then there was, you know, uh, listen, you can you can be upset about him for taking off the helmet. And I get it. I understand it. It was dumb. It was boneheaded. Like I said, for me, it comes from energy and excitement. But DJ had a day, six grabs, a buck 52, one touchdown, 62 yards in length to tie the game when I'm pretty sure most of us thought we were almost dead and buried at that point. It was a boneheaded decision. But if you take that moment away, DJ Moore had a heck of a day. And what happens when DJ Moore has a day? Well, would you look who else's name showed up on the stat sheet? How about four snags for 87 for Terrace Marshall Jr.? I mean, like the passing offense opened up because DJ Moore became a threat again. And when DJ became a threat again, Lonzo, everybody else benefited from it. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, I wish some of the passes would have been a little bit better because Marshall was having to jump up and snag some of those things. Maybe a, a better place ball. He could. I'm really trying to not be negative, but I, I so just fine. I don't. I I feel dirty when we're done with this. I need I need to go like stand out in the rain for a while or something. I don't I don't know. Um, I'm still just really ticked off about yesterday. I Can apologize. somebody start the My Chemical Romance soundtrack for Lonzo? please no i might need like some speed metal or something no well that just will enhance the problem you know maybe i'll just go uh listen to some yacht rock for a while and mellow out uh no it's good to see marshall show show back up um a little disappointed in uh in in the starter though the uh, i you know my anger is causing me to our guy who uh didn't really show up yesterday shy smith uh, zero catches, yeah. zero yards on one target. I uh, listen. And you it, here's here's the thing. Shy for me, if Shy was going to be what you and I both thought Shy could be at the beginning of the year, uh, which is a possession receiver, right? Like not a guy who's necessarily going to have a bunch of flash, but a guy who's going to be really good about all right. It's third and six. Shy's going to be open at seven, right? Like that's kind of the guy we expected him to be. However. Shy's not going to be that guy if TMJ is being that guy. And that is what TMJ was brought in to be that dude, to be a dude who's going to win every jump ball in the red zone. And if TMJ is working, Shy's numbers inevitably will come down. And to me, DJ's numbers go up. TMJ has the field open up for him to step up and get a little ease. And then there's other guys. Chenault had five grabs for 26 Uh, Tommy Tremble had two for 17. You you got other guys who can step up and do things for you when DJ is demanding the attention. Shy is still the number four wide receiver at this point, and he has number four wide receiver numbers. If Shy is going to disappear, though, I want it to be because Marshall Jr. has reappeared, and that's basically what happened yesterday, and that's a good thing. It's a good thing. No, no, I, I, I agree. Uh, I, I've always thought of Shy Smith more of a, a slot receiver type, you know, a check down receiver type thing. We, we always, we already know that he's a special teams guy. Um, so all those guys are stepping up. All those guys are, are catching passes. 
when uh, don't take your helmet off. Gosh, man, I keep trying it. I keep, I keep trying. I keep trying. Why'd you take your helmet off? Why? Oh, for for the record, for those of you uh, that are listening to the pod, but do not listen to the Rob Brown show from nine to noon weekdays on the fan upstate and free on the Odyssey app, which you totally should. And I encourage you to do so starting tomorrow. Um, this has been all day for the great one. Like from the, I think, I think I could be wrong. I think that's the first thing he said to me when he walked into the building today. All right. This has been all day. Lonzo is just in his feels about a helmet right now. It's it's true sign of fandom. It it is. And I'm I'm trying to get past it. I really am. You know what? I'm I'm blaming this on fandom, but if any team did this, I still would be, uh, if any, any player out there on any team did this, unless they were on Denver, I probably would be pretty pretty upset about it i get it i understand it it's it's disappointing dude we like to go into that day knowing a dub puts you in the division lead and an l drops you to dead last with a saints win is devastating i'm not arguing it's devastating but here's here's where i come from i'll say this to wrap up the pod here's where i come from two weeks ago we were talking tank right Two weeks ago, we were going struggle for Stroud or uh, I'm trying to think of an H one. Uh, uh, ham it up for Hooker. That, That's not that a great does, one. No. Uh, 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 go hectic for Hook. H something for Hooker or lose for Levis. Like we like I had the I had the slogans ready to go. I had them all ready to go. And then it's like okay, if we win this game, we're in the division lead. It's like yeah, I want that to happen. But here's the thing. Up. How about what? Hyped up. Yeah, but you're trying to do the opposite. You're trying to go down. Oh, yeah, you're right. You know what I mean? So the, let me. here's the analogy I came up with um, two seconds ago when I was trying to think of an analogy for this, right? Here's the analogy I was coming up with. I don't know about you, Law. You ever play the lotto? I have, yes. Okay. Powerball's at like $4 billion or something stupid now, right? Yeah, I don't get the people who only play it when it's a certain amount. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, It's still life-changing no matter what. For the but record, anyway. that's me. Yeah. I don't play the lotto until we start hitting like Powerball-esque ridiculous amounts of money. It has to be generational money for Cor- you. I mean, Affects yes. several generations. When I say generational, I mean like till the sun expands and absorbs our orbit and there's no people left. I still want there to be mine with the last dying human to be like, Rob Brown was really rich. That's when I paid the lotto, right? So yesterday I bought a lotto ticket for the Powerball. Uh, shocker, I didn't win. You know how you know I didn't win? Because you're here. Because I'm here. Uh, bought a lotto ticket. And while the lady friend and I were standing in line to buy the lotto ticket, you know, we do like every other person does. And what do we do? We, we talk about what we're going to do when we win, right? Oh, I'm buying this. I'm buying a Lamborghini. We're buying a house. I'm buying a, my, Mine are, uh, I want like four vacation houses. I want one in every part of the world and in every climate, right? I want a beach house, a mountain house, a lake house. Uh, uh, I want all the house. I want a fishing uh, fish camp. I want them all. We went through all this, right? That's what this week was for me. It was a fun little fantasy of what if we won the division? What if we're this bad and we still won the division? How interesting would it be? How fun? It's like discussing the color of a Lamborghini. It doesn't matter. I'm never going to afford a Lamborghini, but it doesn't stop me from having fun fantasizing about the fact that I would go black with a black interior, right? Like that's that would be my look. Uh, that's what this week was. I knew when I woke up today for work 
that I was still going to be a poor radio broadcaster. I knew I still had a job. I knew I was still driving my six-year-old broken-down Jeep to work. I wasn't buying a Ferrari, right? I knew that, but I still had fun in line talking about how cool it would be to be able to buy a Lamborghini. That's what last week was for me as a Panthers fan. It was us talking about what color our Lamborghini was going to be. We don't have a Lamborghini. We ain't getting a Lamborghini. We were always going to be us, and that's okay. I accept that. So I think the devastation is not as tough for me because I still realize that I woke up today being me, not me, but with Powerball money. All right. These are the last things I'm going to say. Hey, Lonzo, you got any final words for the people? On this podcast, (laughs) I dared to believe. I... Deep in my soul, my heart, my everything, I dared to believe. And that was all taken away when a helmet came off and a yellow hanky hit the ground. DJ, I, on the other hand, was stoked to see the fight, the passion, the fire that you had. Just only take your helmet down once your rear end is seated on the bench. That's when your helmet can come off, right? Like we, we learned, did we learn our lesson? We did. We did. Good. That's it for us, ladies and gentlemen. The next episode of the Views from Men Street podcast will drop on Wednesday. We'll take a look back at this game. We'll take a look ahead at the next game. Of course, the next one lined up is going to be Sunday at 1 when we travel to OHIO and take on the Cincinnati Bengals. Going to be a struggle. We'll talk about it and everything leading up to it on Wednesday. Then our game preview pod for Cincinnati will be on Friday. He's Lonzo Reitzel. I'm Rob Brown. Make sure that you have liked and are subscribed to the Views from Industry podcast, and we will see you back here on Wednesday. Keep pounding, baby! <laughs>